Welcome to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by what you are about to hear. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm so excited to share this word with you today. We've been in this series about lordship habits. Because there are habits that we develop, you know, as a, as a believer. There are things that strengthen our faith. They're just they're disciplines, if you will, habits that we do. And I've been talking about these for a couple of weeks now. We first talked about guarding our hearts. I mean, remember that? Guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts. We're responsible for guarding our hearts. Amen? And we also are supposed to renew our mind. You know, I've heard people say, Lord Jesus, please renew my mind. I thought, well, that's not scriptural. You're supposed to renew your mind. Amen? <laughs> so let's renew our minds. And then today, I want to talk to you about, and just minister a word to you on praying the Word of God. Praying the Word of God. Because I find that that has been the most revolutionary thing that has ever happened in my life, is to pray that Word. Amen? So I want to get into the Word of God and start talking to you about that and minister this Word. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's do this thing, all right? The Word of God's exciting. I can't wait. This is so much fun to get to do. Thank you for letting me be here, and uh, I love it. So let's get into this. So praying the Word of God is where we're going to start, because you know what? If we don't pray the Word of God, what are we praying? Usually our feelings, smile, our emotions, our preferences, what we wish God would do. When we pray the Word of God, we're praying and we're advancing the kingdom of God. We advance the kingdom of God by praying the Word of God. Amen? And so we're going to look at three convictions uh, this morning that are relevant to praying the Word of God. Before I get into that, I want to just share a quick story about how Joanne and I began to pray the Word of God way back in the 1980s. Some of you were alive then. Some of you were not. Way back in that day. And uh, we had lost a child at birth a few uh, months earlier. And so we were praying about, you know, some things. And in that mix, we were in a, a, a church that had been Baptist that now was filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were experiencing worship to the max. And we were loving it and believing every verse of the Scripture. <laughs> it was awesome. And this is one of them that we want to uh, pull up right now to show you in Philippians 4, because I think this is really powerful, and we need to get a hold of this, all right? So, you ready? Let's read it out loud, okay? Really loud. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Isn't that good? Because Jesus said, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am gentle. So, if we're going to be like Jesus, we'll have to be gentle. So let our gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let's keep going. Don't be anxious about anything. Let's say that about 300 times. Don't be anxious about anything. Well, why? Because anxiety screws up your prayer life. All right? So don't be anxious about anything. But keep going. In everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God. Let's do that again. The peace of God, which does what? Transcends all understanding. We guard, we'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? It's a great scripture. Great scripture. And I think it's important in the days that we are living in our society, in our 
country and the world right now, we need to live this thing, walk it out, and pray this thing. It is our decision not to lose the peace of God. It is our decision to pray the Word of God. Amen? And we pray with thanksgiving. So we pray something like this. Thank you, Jesus, that I can do all things through Christ because you strengthen me. Thank you, Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. Thank you, Jesus, we're praying with thanksgiving rather than with, I don't know what to do, dear God. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just kind of hanging on for dear life and, you know. Poor old me, poor me, poor me, poor me, dear Lord Jesus. This has never happened before. We've never been in a pandemic. We don't know what to do. We're just so defeated. Am I helping you a little bit? And so I want to encourage you right now to understand that when we pray the word of God, we're praying on a, on a, a level far above what the world is going through. We don't have to wallow in what the world is doing. Amen? Okay. Well, let's get on to this. Let me share this couple of stories with you here that I think is really going to bear this all out. I think it's really relevant that uh, in the 1980s, when we were praying for that, we are praying about three things, Joanne and I. We're praying about having another child. Because when you lose a child, we already had two healthy kids. And now we're praying for a third child. And, you know, people say, well, you know, if you had that, you know, if you lost one at birth, you might not should try that again, you know, and all those things that come at you. And so we decided to pray about that. And ask God instead of all the opinions of people. And then I was also praying about a business deal. There was back in the 80s, there were these large uh, satellite dishes. Do you remember those? They're like bigger than a house. And uh, people were, were going into that. And you know, the other thing was that those, uh, they, you could invest in that. So there were some people in our church that wanted me to invest in something like that to make some money. And the other thing was I was praying about my finances. Have y'all ever had to pray about your finances? And so I went to the office that day to the church, and the Lord spoke to me. He's not always done it this way. A couple of times he's told me, the Holy Spirit has told me a certain verse. And he said, Psalm 112. Psalm 112. And so remember the three things we're praying about, finances, a business deal, and having enough. Fear is the Lord. Psalm 112 says this. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and finds great delight in his commands. Well, we were loving the Word of God, and we were worshiping God with all of our heart. So we qualified for verse 1. Verse 2, his children will be mighty in the land. Ah, so we went ahead and had three more children. And they were mighty because two of them weighed 11 pounds, and one of them weighed 12. So they were mighty. We have five mighty children, and those last three were especially. And then it says this. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house. So I began to look around my house, you know. And I went to the bank one day with the guy I worked with, and he and I were supposed to be being paid exactly the same amount of money. And he happened to glance over at my check, and he decided that he wasn't being paid as much as I was being paid. So he went to the bookkeeper. And here's how that turned out. She discovered that they had been underpaying me $100 a month the entire time I'd been there. So I got a nice big check. Isn't that cool? Wealth and riches are in your house. <laughs> You've already got it. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious, the compassionate, the righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. King James says discretion. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I didn't call you to do that business deal. So I did not invest. 
And everyone who did lost every dime they put into it. Isn't God good? I'm just telling you, when God gives you a word, you need to really get into that word and meditate in that word and kind of squeeze it for everything that's in that word, you know? Sometimes we just get the surface revelation. We need to go deeper than just that because there's always more there. Amen? So we prayed that, that uh, psalm forever in our life since way back in the early 80s. So I'm encouraging you. God has a word for you. Amen? He has a word for you. He has a scripture for you. And the power of that is that the word of God is always life-giving. The word of God is always life-giving. So I want to get into this and really, Dale, really get into the things of the Lord here. So why should you pray the word of God? Let's look at this verse, okay? So why do you pray the word of God? The next slide. And this scripture says in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20, says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Done, right? And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Isn't that good? I like that. So all the promises in Christ Jesus are yes, because Jesus fulfilled all the law. That's why, okay? By his sacrifice, by his death and resurrection, by his obedience to his heavenly Father, Jesus fulfilled all the law that no one had ever been able to fulfill in their entire lives. Romans 8 tells you that. Because we could not, in our flesh, fulfill the law of God, the word of God. Only Jesus did that. And therefore, that's why that all the promises of God are ours. That's why we could pray Psalm 112 is because that was a promise given to us because Jesus fulfilled whatever was required for that word to be true in our lives. Amen? So that's important to get a hold of. And so all the promises are yes and amen. So we pray the promises of God. We pray the word of God. And I think that if we really focus here, we begin to see some other things that are powerful in what God is saying here. But what stops us from praying the Word of God? What stops us from praying the Word of God? What stops us? What stops us? I meditate upon the news media. It's what you're hearing that's contrary to the Word of God. If all you do is meditate upon the news media, you're really messed up. Because most of that's not even true to start with, and you know that. So we need to prioritize the Word of God in our life. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. If I just hear what's in the news, I'm going to put my faith in that. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? So I want to hear the Word of God. The other reason I think that we sometimes are not really praying the Word of God is because of anxiety. I mean, none of you, but how many know people that are anxious about the times that we're living in? Anxiety produces fear, and fear is paralyzing. Fear robs us of the Word of God. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we should stand and proclaim and pray the Word of God, not our problem. If all I do is pray my problem, all I'm doing is praying my problem. And so my faith is going to come by what I'm hearing because I'm hearing myself talk about my problem. Amen? Remember that T-shirt I saw a few weeks ago down in Florida that waitress was wearing in the back of the T-shirt said this, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? Oh, that's a great saying. <laughs> but we get into fear, and someone has described fear this way. I thought this was hysterical. I heard this this week. She said this, fear is like a water balloon floating over your head, and you don't know who has the pen. 
Fear is like a water balloon floating over your head, and you don't know who has the pen. That's anxiety. Amen? And so we want to turn to the Word of God this morning, and we want to learn or relearn how to pray the Word of God because the Word of God and faith in the Word of God pleases God. Amen? There are three convictions that I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about prayer, pray according to the convictions of the Holy Spirit, pray according to the convictions of the Word of God, and pray according to the faithfulness of God. All right? So that's all on your bulletin, but let's dig into this, and I want to share some stories and how this all works out. In Romans chapter 5, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 9, gives us a scripture about the Holy Spirit. And so in that scripture, it says this. I think you have that, hopefully. It's Romans 8, 5 through 9. It says this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Even when you don't know what that is, your mind is set to recognize it. Amen? And then he says this, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Amen? So then I want to walk in the Spirit of God, don't you? I think it's the best plan to walk in the Spirit of God, to be led by the Holy Spirit. But you have to believe that you're born again, if you're born again, and you invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, you are born again by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is in you, and He wants to lead us. Amen? And He brings conviction. I'm talking about conviction in a good way. <clears throat> I need a conviction of righteousness that I've been made righteous in Christ Jesus. I need a conviction of where faith is, to walk in faith. Amen? I need a conviction that I've been made victorious to the victory of Jesus Christ. We just sang about that. So in uh, John chapter 16, about verse 8 and following, there are three major convictions that the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to convict you of sin. Why? So you can get into faith and convict you of righteousness because you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. I need a conviction of that. Amen? And then it says to convict you of victory because the enemy, the devil of this world, has been judged. That's why we have the victory. That's good stuff, don't you think? You almost got your money worth already, and we haven't even got into the introduction hardly. So I want you to get into this and really hear the word of the Lord. So we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's not some weird thing. The Holy Spirit is in us because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Father God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. Amen? So we're never clueless. We don't ever have to be anxious because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And if we're led by the Spirit, if our minds are set on following the Holy Spirit, we have peace and we have life. And that's a good thing. So that conviction that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach me something today, that the Holy Spirit is trying to lead me today, that every day of my life the Holy Spirit is actively involved in where I'm going, and I want to have His thoughts and not the thoughts of the world. Amen? Does it take discipline? Yes. We're talking about habits. This is the habit. This is the habit that we're talking about today because we want to be able to to understand the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Discern between our fleshly spirit 
and the Holy Spirit, amen, know when he's speaking because we want to follow him. The Holy Spirit will quicken. This is the thing that I've learned about the Holy Spirit. And here's how you learn that. You learn it in small areas, you know. Like the Holy Spirit makes something come alive off the Word of God. You're reading a scripture, and all of a sudden that word almost pops off the page. I mean, you've had that happen to you. Raise your hand. This is the hand-raising thing. Okay, so when that happens to you, that word is quickened to you. It comes alive. Amen? Then dig into it. Don't just go, good, got that, highlight that, and go on with your life. No, dig into that. Really dig into that word that God has just given to you because there's more there. The word of God has got such depth to it. What you understood today, tomorrow you're going to understand much more if you'll dig back into that because the word of God is deep. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher. And the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God because he is God. Amen? And so we need the Holy Spirit. When we find ourselves being anxious... We need to turn to the Holy Spirit because we don't have to be anxious. Anxiety is a, it camouflages everything that God would say to us. So we need to be focused there. And so the Holy Spirit quickens us. So we pray according to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. And number two, we pray according to the convictions of God's promises. That means we have to learn to study the Word of God. We have to learn to study the Word of God. We have to be diligent in studying the Word of God. Amen? And again, the Word of God says one thing when you're 16 years old. It says another thing when you're 96 years old because the Word of God is so deep. Amen? I love that old quote. I quote it to the staff all the time. No man steps into the same river twice because the river is never the same and neither is the man. So no one steps into the Word of God the same because it's always we're different and the depth of the Word of God is so much different as we go through it. So there's always more to awaken ourselves to by the Holy Spirit. So in this process, you know this is true because you know how you receive salvation. Okay? So we're talking about praying according to the convictions of God's promises. You know Romans 10 9 and 10, you know that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you receive Jesus. Amen? So that simple uh, prayer that we pray is powerful, and you know it. Your life changed because of that. Amen? So it's important that we pray the Word of God. You prayed it then, and then we go off sometimes and get religious. Smile. And we don't follow through, and we quote what everybody else is saying, and we don't really dig in ourselves, but it's a one-on-one. God wants to disciple us and train us one-on-one by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want to be led by the Spirit of God and watch the things that He does in our lives. So I have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus comforted, led, and guided. He did all the things the Holy Spirit wants to do for us. Jesus did that with His disciples. Amen? Are you with me? Stay focused. Okay? And so in that, in that process, we need to understand a couple of things here about the promises of God. In John, 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15, the Word of God says, John says this, you know what? I know that whatever I, if I ask God anything, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us. He's not deaf. He's listening out for it. Was that the Word of God I heard? Ah, oh, yes. Okay. And if we know that he hears us, we, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. If we know it's the word of God. Amen? I think we just have to get a little more childlike and believe the word of God without cluttering it up with all the stuff that's happening in our world. Amen? I think that's a good idea. We make it too complicated. 
We say, well, what about this? What about this? What if this happens? What if this? Well, just focus on the Word of God and let that be your starting place. And look at what's happening in the world through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. And walk in the Word of God through what's going on around us. Okay, a couple of quick wonderful stories that I can't wait to tell you because they're so cool. Uh, in in uh, discipline, I'm going to talk about correction or discipline, direction. Uh, discipline is, in Proverbs 25, 28, it says this. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who doesn't have any self-control. <laughs> and then over in Hebrews chapter 12, 9 through 11, it says this. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we might share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Here's how God disciplined me one time. He's so cool. There was an election that I didn't agree with in the United States, and I went to bed pretty ticked. I know none of you have ever done that because you're so holy, but I was pretty ticked. And you know what? The Holy Spirit wakes me up in the middle of the night and says a simple thing. Because, you know, a lot of times the Holy Spirit just quotes Scripture that you already know. And here's the Scripture. You ready? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So don't let things get you all bent out of shape, pushing you over here and over there and all that mess. Just be still. Just stand still and know that the Lord is God. Amen? That was a quick correction. I said, got it. I got it. Okay, I got it. (laughs) Have you all had God do that to you, wake you up in the middle of the night and do that little kind of, none of you, but you know people maybe who have? Okay, good. Let's go on because I want to get to this provision thing. This is so cool. In Psalm 20. Example of provision, Psalm 20, verses 1 through 2. Now, let me give you the background while this miracle. This was not my miracle, somebody else's miracle, but it was a friend of mine. I used to go to Latvia on a, to teach in a leadership conference. I did that for eight years. And the conference was sponsored out of a church in Mobile, Alabama. And they paid for the whole conference. A thousand people came to that conference, and they fed all those thousand people, like for two and a half days, Meal after meal after meal after meal after meal. And took care of all of them, paid for the whole expenses of this conference, invested heavily in Latvia. But one year, the Saturday before they're leaving on Monday, the pastor had realized he had forgot to raise $10,000 to cover for that conference. Well, so what are you going to do? You don't have $10,000. Can you imagine if I walked in here today and said, we need to raise $10,000 this morning? You would all panic. Guess what happened? The pastor shared it with the worship leader, and the worship leader was given this scripture by the Holy Spirit. And this scripture says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary. On Sunday morning, the worship leader got up and shared that scripture. As soon as he shared it, a missionary friend of ours named Herminia jumped out of her seat, ran to the front of the church, through all the money she had in her hand, in this bucket. It says, well, let's get it started. They needed $10,000. That offering was the largest offering in the history of that church. It was $12,500. That more than covered that conference because of that word, because they prayed that word, because they believed that word. Amen? 
The Word of God is powerful. If we pray the Word of God, things happen, miracles happen. God gives you a word to pray. Amen? Isn't that good? It's a supernatural miracle. But God is a A few years ago, I don't suppose we should be surprised. A few years ago, our 12-pound child, PJ, uh, was getting ready to go overseas to the war, and he was in the Army. He was in the Guard, and they'd been activated. He's in his final training down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And they had a little break, and so he's in the barracks, and he took a nap. So he's laying, he's in a cot, and he's in a bunk, and he's asleep, solid asleep. And some guys are playing with knives. And this knife ricocheted off of a wall and went right into his chest right here. And PJ wakes up and goes. So I get a call from his wife. I'm at an art show down on the Figgy. And uh, I went over to my phone and pulled up my Bible app. And I just started going through Psalm 91 because I'm looking for what to pray. What do I stand on? My seed, I know that my seed, my children are mighty because God's already given me that, right? That's the first thing that hits my mind because I own that scripture, all right? God wrote it just for me. You can't have it. Yes, you can have it. But the word of God is true. So my seed are mighty, and I'm looking for what else? And so the Lord gives me this scripture, and it's in Psalm 91, and it's verses 14 through 15. Because he loves me, and P.J. loved Jesus, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, and I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. And he was in big trouble, okay? I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So I prayed that, and he recovered. And he did two tours of duty over into the to the Middle East. He has a nice scar across here, and et cetera, but he survived. He should have died, but God raised him up. Amen? So that's the scripture that God gave me. Praying the word of God is what we're talking about. Amen? Is this good? I want to encourage you to pray the word of God over your life. So PJ is a mighty man of God, and he's the tallest guy we have. He's the tallest man we have, and uh, he is recruiting for the guard now. So if you're Young, stay away from him, probably, is what you want to do. (laughs) And then for guidance and for direction is another example. And I think one of the Psalms, that one of the Proverbs that I've always clung to is Proverbs 16.3. And it's about that you commit your work to the Lord and he will establish your thoughts. And sometimes the Holy Spirit drops something in your heart, in your spirit, and it makes, it looks like it's impossible to do. Has that ever happened to you? It's a good thing, but it looks like, how in the world is that going to be possible? And the other scripture that I want to talk to you about there that goes with this that you're very familiar with because I probably have talked about it a lot, and that is is about Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so God dropped in my heart a few years ago to teach in a Bible college, which is absolutely impossible because I don't have the credentials for that. But then I haven't been qualified for anything I've ever done in my entire life, so what's new? But that that just kept coming to me. Sometimes the will of God will grow on you. Are you listening? The will of God will grow on you. And so he dropped in my heart and my spirit the idea of teaching in a Bible college. And I had only done that once before and very briefly up in Canada. 
And I had no idea how that would ever happen again because that happened way back in 1999. And this was like in the 19, uh, 2015 era. And I began to wonder, how in the world is that going to ever happen? But it did happen, as you know, because I went to Canada in 2016 for three years, taught in a Bible college, got to do that in your hot life because God put that in my heart. Are you getting this? See, the Holy Spirit will drop in your heart things, in your spirit things, and if you will meditate upon those and pray those, and if you'll seek those out from the Lord, he will bring that to happen because he gives you the desires of your heart so he can give you the desires of your heart. He gives you the desires so he can give you the desires. Amen? So you walk them out because he puts it in your heart to believe for, and then you walk it out. Amen? And that's exciting, and that's supposed to be normal life for us Christians. Amen? But it happened to me. It's happened to me many times before. So I just encourage you on the Word of God. When God drops something in your heart, believe the Word of God. And know Proverbs 16.3, commit your work to the Lord, and He will establish your thinking. So your thinking is not all over the place. Commit it to Him. Give Him time. Let Him build on that until He solidifies it in your heart and your spirit, and you begin to really believe that, and then watch. He will bring it to pass. Isn't that easy? No, it's not easy because the world tells you just the opposite. And some of your dear friends will tell you just the opposite. So be careful who you say that to. But meditate in the Word of God and watch what He will do. So that's about direction. Ministry, finally, this is the last example I give you. In Psalm 71 and verses 17 through 18, this is where I am today. God gave me this scripture in 2009. You see, how do you know that, Gene? Well, I have an old King James Bible. And when God makes a word alive to me, I write the date in it. So the other day to prepare for this sermon, I went through Psalms, finding dates. And I found this date. Since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation your might to all who are to come. My thrill today is always talking to these 20-something-year-olds and encouraging them in the Word of God. 2009, Canada, I did that more than I'd ever done it in my entire life, and I'm doing it here as well. So I'm just telling you, the will of God grows on you. And we pray the Word of God because it is the Word of God that He drops in our heart. And we want it to kind of marinate until we really believe it and begin to declare it and begin to pray it until it's like we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen any moment now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Amen? Things that God's spoken to you that have not happened yet, but you know God spoke those things to you. Amen? 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 Amen. So it's not just about your age. It's about your flexibility at any age. Amen? All you old people. How many are old people and know it? God's not finished with you. He's got exploits for you to do. He's got things he wants to drop into your heart. Amen? God's always up to something. Let him. Amen? I'm encouraging you to pray the word of God. And when he drops something in you that seems totally preposterous, understand you serve a preposterous God. All right? And watch what God's going to do. Are you getting this? Is this good or right? It's okay?
Okay. So a conviction of the Holy Spirit. I want to follow those. I want to pray the convictions of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray the convictions of the Word of God. And I want to pray the convictions that God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. No matter what else, God is faithful. He is always faithful. He may not do it my way. Thank God. But he will do what he wants to do. Amen? He is faithful. If he says it, he's going to do it. God is faithful. Look at these verses in, uh, in Psalm. I believe you have a slide there somewhere. Psalm 92, verse 1 through 2. It's, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to, his, to your name. O Most High, you proclaim your love to... I'm sorry. To, my mouth goes faster than my brain can keep up. Or vice versa. To proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Have you proclaimed the faithfulness of God today? Did you do that while we were worshiping? Do you know how faithful God is? He is faithful to be sure his word comes to pass. He is on it. <laughs> he is, that's his agenda. He is faithful God. Amen. He is so faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He is faithful. What he has begun, he will complete it. Paul writes in Philippians. God is faithful. If we will stand firm and believe the word of God, if we'll take our positions and stand still and see the deliverance and the victory of God, we will see that thing. But if we're wishy-washy and we get anxious about everything, we'll miss it because of our anxiety and our fear. And somebody's got a pen, and they'll pop that fear button, that balloon over your head, and you'll get drenched, and you'll wonder what happened. Fear will bring that thing on you. So don't go with fear. Fear not. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound, disciplined mind. Amen? And so these are habits that we have, you know, to pray the word of God. Now look at the sequence of what I've been preaching to you the last three weeks. If we guard our heart, we'll know how to renew our mind. If we know how to renew our mind, we'll know how to pray the word of God. And next week, how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, I'm almost done. I'm going to give you one more thing here. So I want to encourage you. Psalm 89, verse 1, the psalmist says, I will sing of the Lord. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. And with my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Amen? All generations. So I have a conviction my convictions when I pray, I, have a, I pray with the convictions of the Holy Spirit. I pray with the convictions of the promises of God, the Word of God. And I pray with the conviction that God is always faithful. Amen? So no matter what He promises me, no matter what makes, whatever He makes real to me at this age, I know He can do it because I've seen Him do stuff for 50-plus years. Jimmy, wherever you are, I've seen that happen. So why would I doubt Him now? Amen? Why would I doubt him now? Why would I doubt him now? Why would I give up now? Why would I give up? Why would I be moved by the circumstances around me? Why would I be moved by anything but the Word of God? Why would I just give up? Why would I back up and let up and give up? Why would I do that? Because of anxiety and fear and unbelief. We used to say that doubt, unbelief, and fear, duff. So get off your duff. And believe the word of God. Amen? All righty. Last few things here. I want to remind you again 
that the things that God would have us to do are preposterous. The things that Jesus did, he said, we can do also. And greater things than these shall we do. And he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Wow. And his anointing is on us. That same anointing is on us. Because he said the things that he did, we can do in that day. He said the spirit of the Lord and that anointing on him that he read walking to the to the synagogue that day. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many you know brokenhearted people? To preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who have been bruised. That's our world today, people. That's our world. That's the people that we look at. We walk to the mall, go in the restaurants, and we walk and driving down the street. Those are the people. This is what is needed. Amen? And we've got to get a hold of this to move forward what God has for us to do individually. God is for you, not against you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to do miraculous things. Amen? I don't want to get up in heaven and not have a good report. I want to go through those doors excited and confident. I did it. I did it. I did it. Because he did it through me. Amen? Our confidence is in him. So we're going to close with this scripture and we're going to pray this again and we're going to say it out right out loud because this is the way. Paul knew it because he got the revelation of this. So read it out loud with me really loud like you really mean it and it's a conviction of your heart. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, oh, the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, guard your hearts. The peace will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Stand up. Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or have questions about Hope Church, please visit myhopechurch.com.